Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. The trade of magic is an old one. Although everything occurs by Allah's will, magic is one of the causes used to affect change. In the past, Ambiya were called magicians. Yehud was called a magician, Nabi Saleh was called a magician. Also we know in the incident of Musa salam, the magicians played an important role. So magic is a notorious provision. Uh, you know, magic prevailed during the time of Nabi Sulaiman and even existed at the time of Nabi Sallallahu There is a report which suggests how a Jew cast a spell on Nabi Sallallahu So this practice of magic has always been and continues to be. Allah Rabbul Izza makes reference to an uh, incident uh, that occurred uh, and Allah makes reference to two angels that were sent down with magic. Allah Rabbul Izza says, And follow what the shayateen recited during the reign of Sulaiman They dabbled in the practice of magic. And the ulama narrate that the shayateen buried some tawises beneath Sulaiman Sallallahu throne. When he passed away, they dug up these items and they said that, you know, Sulaiman was never a Nabi. He reigned over the creation because of his magical talent that he had. And uh, they considered all that, all his knowledge of Nubuwa to simply be magical talent, Naudhu Billah. So, uh, this is the accusation that they made against Nabi Sulaiman. And although the learned scholars of the Vanistai never fell into this lie, the masses began to learn and teach magic, and they considered it a knowledge of Nabi Sulaiman. And uh, they attributed to him. When Nabi spoke of Nabi Sulaiman being a Nabi, and the Jews said, Huh, Muhammad says Sulaiman is the son of Dawud was a Nabi, whereas we know nothing but he's a magician. Allah Rabbul Izza exonerates Nabi Sulaiman. Allah Rabbul Izza says, Wama kafara Sulaimanu. Sulaiman never disbelieved, never practiced message, magic. kafaru, but the shayateen disbelieved. sihar. They were the ones teaching black magic to the people. And they also followed what was revealed to the two angels. Who are these angels? Harut and Mamurut in Babylon. So magic was extremely popular in Babylon. Uh, and you know, there were those who were impressed by the feats of the magicians. Uh, people considered them to be blessed, to be honorable. So to expose the harm of the evil of the magic, Allah Rabbul Izza sent two angels by the names of Harut and Marut to Babylon. And they were to show people the clear distinction between magic and miracles. And they were also a test to people to discern who wanted to pursue evil from those who abstained from there. Whenever the people would come to them to learn magic, they would say, we are merely a test, so do not disbelieve. Do not forsake your deen by learning this evil science. And they advise people to learn magic 
with good intentions. Otherwise, they should rather not bother. And they taught it uh, only to those who pledged to use, you know, to use it in a good way, not to utilize it for harm. And uh, of course, many did not conform. Hakim has written, you know, a similar example would be that of uh, people who approach, you know, practicing religious scholars to teach him modern and ancient philosophy so he can safeguard himself from doubts in Iman or, or in science. He intends it to learn, to reply to the objections raised by others, other philosophers. So the religious scholar that warns him against using the knowledge to attack the beliefs of Islam. And when the person pledges not to do, to do so, the scholar teaches him. However, the person fails to abide by the terms of the pledge, then the scholar cannot be held responsible. So they learned from the two. They learned from the two. That by which they could split a man from his wife. And one of the many evil effects of black magic is that it can be used to split a loving couple. And only this effect is mentioned because it's one of the most detestable things in the sight of Allah. Uh, Sayyidina Jabir narrates that Nabi Sallallahu said that Iblis places his throne on the water and from there he dispatches his followers to cause corruption amongst people. And the closest to him will be the one who causes the most strife uh, and harm. And then they come back in the report and one of them reports uh, the activity. Uh, he says, you achieve nothing. Finally, one comes and says, I pursued a, a person to such an extent that I eventually caused him to separate from his wife. And you know, it is said that Iblis uh, then stands up and says, you have truly achieved something. You have truly achieved something. So said Aisha uh, uh, narrates, in fact, it is uh, from uh, the Adisa, you know, one of the commentators here, one of the Nailites, uh, Amash, uh, reports that he recalls the fact that Iblis embraced Shaitan who splits a couple. Allah says that those who dabble with magic they can never harm anyone there with their magical spells without the command of Allah. Everything happens only with Allah's command. But because people are so accustomed to witnessing the effects of this, that they've grown immune to it. You know, fire can only burn with Allah's command. When Allah commands it, uh, it can not burn. Uh, like how it, cannot, it did not burn. Nabi Ibrahim salam. A knife cannot cut without Allah's command. Like how it could not cut the throat of Nabi Ismail. Food cannot satisfy a person even though he eats a large amount. Like people suffering from Ju'ul Bakr, certain diseases. Water can quench the thirst only with Allah's command. Without which people will, you know, certain diseases that you cannot be satiated. So all these things, the visible things in front of man, and we regard them as the means of reaching our end goal. And contrary to these things, the means by which magic has an effect are invisible. And for this reason, the people you know, are astonished by its effect. Even, even these you know, hidden means are useless without Allah's command. Therefore, it's only ignorant people that become impressed. When Nabi Musa Islam was challenged by the magicians, he told them, their feats were mere acts of magic which Allah could nullify. And subhanAllah, Surah Falak, Surah Nas can nullify the spells of even the most skilled magicians.
So we can Ruhul Ma'ani, Lama. Alusi Rahimahullah has written that Allah will never allow any magician to reduce or reproduce a miracle displayed by the Anbiya, like the splitting of the sea or rising of the dead or making inanimate objects talk. It's also written that the difference between a miracle and magic is that a miracle can only take place in the hands of a person who is a Nabi of Allah. No supernatural act can, can issue forth from a person claiming to be Nabi when he is not one. And miracles is also uh, accompanied by a challenge for any person to beat and feed that feet. Allah has mentioned the system to disgrace the falsehood. After Nabi Wasallam, the false claimants to Risalat have managed only to mesmerize people at most. They cannot do more. No magician can ever issue the challenge that the Ambiya did when uh, performing a miracle. Subhanallah, you know, history bears testimony to the fact that no person has ever produced a miracle of any of the Anbiya and nor has any person nullified any of the miracles of the Anbiya So the supernatural feats performed by the pious people who are not Anbiya, these are known as Karamat. And many pious people of the Ummah have displayed Karamat. And these Karamat neither draw them closer to Allah nor do they increase in their status the pious people are sometimes away, unaware of their own karamat. So that's the reason that many uh, notable awliya don't even attach importance to these karamat. So to differentiate between karamat and magic, the person involved should also be scrutinized. Only Allah's pious servants will display karamat. There are people who are constantly engaged in the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who adhere to the sharia and are distant from impurity and filth. So a supernatural act stemming from a person whose behavior is contrary to this and more in conformance of to the behavior of shayateen, that will not be considered as a karamat. The author of Bayan al-Quran, writes that, you know, if any form of magic requires enchantations containing words of kufr, then it will be regarded as kufr. It will be regarded as seeking assistance from shayateen or the stars. And the status of kufr will apply even though the magic is not used to harm anyone but to benefit others. So when such words are not used but the magic is used to harm others, it will be regarded as a sin. And if none is hurt thereby, uh, it will not be called magic. If the words is used not uh, is not clearly understood, then it should be refrained from. And uh, the same applies to all other methods of securing assistance. Allah Rabbul Izzah says that, and they learn things that harm them and did them no good. They learn things that harm them. They learn things that harm them and did them no good. So Lama Qurtubi, you know, has interpreted this verse to mean that they cause harm to themselves in the year after, although they may not have achieved some sort of benefit through magic in this world. And other ulama say that the harm of magic will even overtake the magicians in this world. And one of the ways is that they stand to face severe punishment if convicted of magic by an Islamic court. Going further in the verse, 
Allah says, and it did them no good. Uh, the black magic can only auger harm and destruction for a person because no good can come from it. It's like certain harmful things like poison which are extremely harmful. Uh, so even though a limited amount of good can, can uh, and has been attained, uh, it has been declared bereft of good because such that the vast, you know, majority of what comes from this is harm. A lot of Buddhists says, indeed, they knew that there is no share in the year after for those who purchase it. And evil indeed is the price for which they have sold their souls. Only they knew. They will earn a terrible torture in the year after in exchange for the merely or the small gains that they hope to achieve in this world because of the magic. Uh, although, you know, there seems to be contradiction here where they say, indeed they know, if only they know. So there's no contradiction. Uh, practicing something despite possessing the knowledge that is detrimental is like having no knowledge at all. The person says, no, I know about the harms of smoking, but if he continues to smoke, then it's like he doesn't know about the harms of smoking. Allama Alusi rahimahullah said that, you know, when we look at the, the narrations in this regard, Abdullah ibn Abbas has narrated that person found guilty of practicing magic must be executed. The lives will not be spared, even if they spent and you know repent and promised never to be to repeat this. The Mullah Al-Qari writes that the man who practices black magic, which falls under the category of kufr, will be executed because he has become a kafir. However, a woman is found guilty of black magic. She will not be executed because female apostates are not are also not executed. She will be imprisoned for life. If a person is found guilty of such black magic, is not classified as kufr, then he or she will not be executed because of the magic. If the magic caused any serious, like someone's death, illness or separation of a spouse, then the magician will be executed because he has been instrumental in causing strife to reign on earth. A sahabi by the name of Jundub ibn Kaab once saw a person demonstrate how he could decapitate a person and replace his head causing him to come back to life and you know onlookers were greatly astonished and applauded him for being able to raise the dead and Sayyidina Jundub drew his sword and executed the magician telling the people that if he can raise the dead he would raise himself as well and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said about Sayyidina Jundub that he struck such a blow with his sword whereby he assumed the status of an entire Ummah. So it was necessary to execute a person because his actions would lead to great corruption by causing people to believe that he could actually raise the dead. And Allama Qurtubi rahimahullah has written that a person once came to Walid ibn Uqba, who was the governor of Iraq. The person was walk. The person walked on a string, entered into a donkey's body from its tail, and then emerged from its mouth. And Sayyidina Jundub executed the person. It was about Sayyidina Jundub that Nabi Sallallahu said, "There will be a man, a person from an ummah called Jundub, who will strike a blow from the sword, whereby falsehood will be distinguished from the truth." 
So some of the rulings, it's not permissible to use the words the Quran, Hadith for any practice that causes a harm to others. Recite certain surahs to make a tawis to harm anyone, even though Allah's names are used. Also tawis made by people who are assisted by shayateen will also be regarded as magic and cannot be used. It's also not permissible to use these tawises when the source is doubtful. Uh, you know, an incident is commonly reported about how Harut and Marut were sent to on the earth uh, after human passions were instilled in them. And on earth they fell in love with a woman called Zahra, whom they tried to seduce. And she asked them to inform her of the Ismul Azam, a great name of Allah. And when they informed her, she immediately ascended to the heavens and became a star. Thereafter, Allah gave them uh, the option of suffering punishment in this world or the after. And when they opted for the worldly punishment, they were suspended upside down in a well in Babylon where they will be punished for Qiyamah. So this is what is reported. Allama Qurtubi says that uh, Allama Ibn Jawzi uh, have narrated this. However, there's no way of authenticating this. It's not found in the authentic books. So this is a summary of our discussion with regards to black magic, a very important and pertinent issue, the issue of magic which has become so prevalent and has affected our beliefs.